Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Mace, what did you have for dinner and what did you drink last night in Indianapolis? Well, I'm going to have to report to you that it was uh, not was it what was expected and it was uh, kind of lame because last night all I had was a burger. Mm-hmm. And I had a little bit of a toothache, and so I went to bed early. Oh, or early that by combine standards. Well, that's terrible. How's your tooth this morning? Well, here's the thing: it woke that the tooth woke me up at five o'clock this oh. morning. Did you take any Advil? Hate to sound I like took, a dad. I I took some painkiller, and I took wow. some I took some Tylenol, and I was in an emergency dentist. And I have learned that at some point, uh, as soon as possible, as soon as I can find an available dentist, I have to have a root canal. Yeah, that's what I figured. If you were having that type of problem, that's what I was going to guess. So you went to a dentist today? Yes. And so, I, and so because of that, when Lyman were interviewing, I was sitting in a dentist's office oh, in Indianapolis this morning. But well, I'm here. Yeah, you are. I got to tell you something. You didn't need to go to the dentist. I'm sure there are hundreds and hundreds of people with uh, each team walking around with Tordol and Oxycodone. Oh, come You could have gotten that stuff qu- quite easily. Yeah, and then I would have fallen asleep right there at the po- at the uh, base of the podium yeah. where they had the press conferences. So I'm not sure that would have been the most advisable, the uh, most advisable thing. But yeah, you know it it hasn't been it hasn't been the best of days. Let's put let's put it that way. Yeah. But uh, you know, um, I'm I, I'm not throbbing in pain anymore at this point. It's right. just sore. Right. Believe me, if if I'm throbbing in pain, I'll tell you. Um, and uh, you know. A little bit the worse for the wear. It was all. It's weird. It's almost like my body somehow wanted me to get through Broncos exec, coaching GM on Tuesday, quarterbacks on Wednesday, and they're like, "Okay, fine, you got, dude, you got to take care of this." So yeah. there I there I am. But aside from that, I'm all right, and I can talk. Yeah, it's great, right? Yeah. By the way, uh, I know that uh, your daughter Charlotte is into good dad jokes. Uh, I have a good yes. one for you that you can tell her after you tell her that you got a that you're going to have to get a root canal. Would you like to hear what the joke is? Yes. What's a dentist's favorite time? Uh, tooth day. Two thirty. Oh, <laughs> time now for the lead. <laughs> the lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, many many years ago, decades ago, uh, Dan Marino did a commercial for Isotoner gloves, and if Kenny Pickett was wearing isotoner gloves. They would measure eight and a half, and that was all the rage. That was the story today at uh, at the Combine. Not how well he did at Pitt, not how well he improved, not how well he's done at his career, but sadly, we are talking about hand size, and eight and a half would give him the smallest hands in the NFL. With that, George Payton said the other day at the Combine, he was talking about measurables. He said, well, height, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you don't have to be six foot five. But he did say hand size is an important attribute. So where is Pickett on the list now? He might be higher on uh, Nathaniel Hackett's list than 
George Payton's, but I think if you're talking about the two of them finding a core and a quarterback, even if Hackett uh, Hackett might have him as a QB one, but Payton might have Pickett as QB four on this alone. I mean, I, it's he basically went on the record Tuesday with what the whispers have been uh, out of Dove Valley over the last couple of months. That you know they're they're not big on on a lot of measurables. But QB hand size does matter because they're concerned about ball protection issues on on a wet day. Let me play devil's advocate for you. Dak Prescott has the second largest hands for a quarterback in Mm -hmm. NFL history. He led the league in fumbles. Cincinnati Bearcats quarterback Desmond Ritter, his hand size is 10, which would be up there as some of the largest hands in NFL history if he gets drafted, and he will. He fumbled the ball 36 times during his career, the exact same number as Pickett. So with that, how important is hand size? And don't say Michael Vick, because Michael Vick was a running quarterback. And that's the thing. Like, Michael Vick was a running quarterback. Another quarterback who had eight and a half inch hands was Jeff Blake, who came into the league. Running, running quarterback. Running who quarterback. came into the league as a running quarterback. He evolved. It didn't take him long to evolve out of that, and eventually he became uh, he, he actually became a guy that was best known for 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 bombing it right for just air, for throwing deep. That was it. That was his game back in the day, and he and he had a, a he had a, a solid, pr- pretty good career. And Pickett can run the ball. He's not my no one's Michael Vick. Let's let's just be clear. But Pickett can run the ball. He does that. He does have that tool in in his drawer. Um, but at the same time, you mentioned those names, a, a, a name that often comes to mind, even though he came around in the pre measure everything era, at least having everything public. Uh, you remember Dave Craig second time. I mentioned told him you week. I covered him. Yeah. He covered him in Kansas City. You said you didn't really like him all that much. No, he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. Dave Craig, 153 fumbles. Right. By the way, you know, who has, um, who has the most fumbles in NFL history? Who? Now, granted, he's also played some of the most games, mm-hmm. but he also he ranks 19th in hand size in NFL history, and that's Brett Favre. He has the most fumbles in NFL history. Now, granted, he's played over 300 yes. games, so you really have to put that into context. And by the way, looking how many fumbles in a 16 game season would you be? Would you consider to be this guy has a fumble problem? Hmm. If you're if you're 16 games, I, honestly, I can't give you an answer for that. Roughly, is it, to, is it is it five no, for a season? No. I I would have to go back and and look o- look over some years of data before I I was comfortable answering that question. Okay, well, let me put it into perspective for you. I'm comfortable saying six okay. would be a fumble problem. Okay, so um, if I'm off the top of my head, I'm not looking at my computer, unlike Mace does all the time to get stats and make me look foolish. Dak Prescott had 15 fumbles this year. Trevor Lawrence, he's got big hands too. He fumbled the ball nine times. So, so would you say nine is probably too much? Well, the thing is, I when I go through fumbles, I do it based on total touches. So yeah. that's why I can, that's why I can't give you that's fair. A raw. I want to I want to get down to the rate, and I haven't dove I haven't dove into fumble rate stats yet this off. Please do that'd be a great column for the DNVR. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. So GMs, specifically Peyton, they have stopped putting so much emphasis on size, meaning mm-hmm. height. Ironically, one of the shortest quarterbacks in the league 
has some of the biggest hands in the league, and that is Russell Wilson. But I digress. Teams are willing to draft a Kyler Murray. They're willing to draft guys under six foot two. With that, with that narrative now changing and the feeling changing about having to have your prototypical six five quarterback, do you think that'll eventually happen with hand size if a guy like Pickett comes into the league and he doesn't fumble as much? Is that Absolutely. what's going to need to change? That guys who have small hands don't fumble? Yeah. And it'll it will take it will take that. I mean Look at uh, quarterbacks, for example, and well, let me ask you. Let me ask you something. No, let me finish. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Prior to 2012, the only moderately successful sub six foot quarterback was Doug Flutie, and he had to go detour to Canada for eight seasons before coming back to Buffalo. And then Russell Wilson changed that. Russell Wilson made it possible for Kyler Murray to be the number one overall pick. Right now, we don't we don't talk about oh, if you're not six feet, you can't be an NFL quarterback. And now, if anything, when you see Malik Willis, who is uh, six foot and a half, and uh, Sam Howell, who is uh, six foot and a quarter, no, nobody really says anything anymore. I mean, there are a few old school people who are saying, oh, if Malik Willis were two inches uh, taller, but that's kind. Of, but again, that's becoming the outlier of generally accepted football thought. Most most people are here at the combine that about do the evaluating are fine with Malik Willis being just over six foot. They right. don't care. Right now, I'm going to go to a guy whose hands are nine inches. All right, as every mm-hmm. guy knows, every half inch makes a big difference. Yeah. But looking at Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. his hands are a nine. He played behind yeah. a relatively terrible offensive line this year. Right, fumbled the ball five times. Maybe yeah. he is going to be your guy that plants the flag and says guys mm-hmm. with small hands have more than just small gloves. They're able to hold on to the ball. Right. I mean, because Drew Locke also has nine inch hands as well. Right. Same same size as uh, Joe Burrow. Yet one of his problems, and, and maybe this is part of uh, where, where George Payton is, because he's because Drew Locke with nine inch hands, Still has some fumble. I got a question for you. Something just dawned because mm-hmm. you're talking about Joe Burrow and Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. You know something that we are not adding into the equation, the ingredient we're not putting into the pot of gumbo when what? it comes to fumbles because we keep focusing on just one thing, hand size. That's mm-hmm. the shiny object, right? Yeah. When you watch Joe Burrow this year, you watched him, just like I did, play against the Broncos, and you watched him for all of his playoff games, in which two of those playoff games, one being the Super Bowl, his line was flat-out rotten. Mm-hmm. Would you say his awareness, his situational awareness, his clock in his head is very good? It's excellent. It's a, oh, uh, isn't that interesting? You know why? Because whose isn't? Jay, whose isn't? Drew Locke, maybe that's why Locke fumbles the ball more than Joe Burrow, and they have the same hand size. People are forgetting about internal clock, right? Right. You can. It's it's the, if you're if you're gifted in another area, you can make up for it, right? That's what she said. Hey, hey. <laughs> but that's the, that's the general point, right? If you and one thing, maybe you want to find out about Kenny Kenny Pickett, and this is this is why it could be a fascinating debate because what if Nathaniel Hackett says, Kenny Pickett can be my guy. And George Payton has, on the record, said that hand size is a big deal. 
Do they then try to find a quarterback who crosses over on the Venn diagram they both like? Or does Peyton say, well, you're the quarterback guy, and I brought you in to do this, and if you he's the one you want to work with, I trust you. How many perfect quarterbacks have ever come out in an NFL draft where you say perfect? this guy's flawless? Oh, gosh. That's my point. So, Even so, the generational quarterbacks that, have a flaw. So, so there you go. So Kenny Pickett has small hands. He needs to have good situational awareness. And when yeah. he decides to run the ball, he can't do what Walter Payton did. And I'm going way back in the day where he would literally, t- and he had huge hands. He would take the ball and he would not tuck it when he, when he would not tuck it. He would literally hold it out. But his hands were so stinking strong, he would never fumble. My point mm-hmm. is, you have to know as a quarterback, especially with small hands, protect the ball, meaning hold it to your body. Right. And usually guys are going to fumble when they are in the pocket, when they don't feel the pass rush, and you have a big guy who's about 260 coming off the edge and slapping on your arm. Mm-hmm. Right? Tom right. Brady has pretty decent sized hands. You know who slapped on his arm pretty good? called the tuck rule charles charles woodson mm-hmm. yeah now granted it was cold and it was snowy but i digress and what the other thing you, you said cold and snowy and one thing with kenny pickett in terms of the hand size and this is part of the discussion here is you had a day in mobile at the senior bowl where it was windy and wet and the conditions were awful and pickett did struggle to get a grip on the ball that day and so nope. Unfortunately for him, having that day with every personnel person in the league watching didn't help his cause. I have a solution. Stick him? Nope. No, you don't (laughs) want to stick him. You'll never get rid of the ball. Okay, what's your solution? Eight and a half inch hands. Mm -hmm. Ten and a half inch gloves. Problem solved. (laughs) Coming up after the break, Andrew, Uh, you've been at the Combine the entire week. What impressed you today besides your future root canal? And what impressed you about the interviews today and yesterday? And also, listen, I don't mean to make this sound any particular way. You've had more than a few cocktails at the Combine, but that's not a bad thing. You're sitting in the bar, a lot of executives, a lot of scouts. When you liquor them up, they're willing to talk. What have you learned? That's next. Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. SmileEyeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. You're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale. Go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I'm 53. Whether you're 53, 43, 33, certainly if you are 63, you definitely want to think about putting together a will, a state plan, living will. You don't want the courts deciding what your wishes are. You want to decide what your wishes are. God forbid you're in a vegetative state. That's what a living will is for. 
if you don't want to live in a vegetative state, you need to give someone permission to pull the plug, right? That's what a living will is for. You don't have to have a lot of money in order to put together a will. But at the end of the day, if you have anything, anything of any value, you can have, I don't know, $200 in a savings account. Do you want the courts to decide that or do you want somebody else to decide that? Highly recommend you go with my friend Dan McKenzie at McKenzie Law. He did everything he could for me and for Mandy, and I couldn't be any happier with the work we did together. Go to the McKenzieFirm.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. Okay, three days of mass interviews are in the books. Mace, you've been out there the entire week. Most of the time you've been sober. With that, when you have been sober... Who impressed you during the interview sessions, whether it was an executive, whether it was a player who's eligible for the draft, a coach, who? All right. I just kind of going through it real quick. Um, impressed with certain attributes. I mean, like Mike McDaniel, no surprise, new coach of the Dolphins, had an impressive press conference. And I think one of the interesting things that came out when we heard with the Dolphins is uh, they're not in on Deshaun Watson. I think McDaniel may actually be the best thing that happened to Tua Tungavailoa, quite frankly. This is going to be really interesting to watch. Um, impre- I was impressed with how Kenny Pickett, you know, opened the show talking about him, I was impressed with the good humor w- with which he took the hand-sized questions. What did he say? He didn't. Uh, he just he 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 smiled. He chuckled. He laughed about it. Like this was not someone who was annoyed by it. Right. It was somebody who just who he's like I've heard everything. I think it's like you can't throw anything in it at me that I haven't heard already, right? right you know. Right. And he actually seemed to be having fun with it. Um, I liked Sam Howell's humility and self-awareness because he talked about things he thought he failed at last year when things got frustrating at North Carolina behind a bad offensive line with new skill, skill players and said, look, I, I've, you know, I got, I may have shown my frustration at at times and I can't do that. That's something I need to do better at. And the thing, interesting thing with Howell kind of being very humble up there I think back to something Nathaniel Hackett said when he introduced his coaching staff uh, last week and that he liked the fact that he had a staff with humility, people who wanted to learn, people who knew that they weren't kind of infallible and above it all. I liked uh, today, even though I wasn't there in person, I watched a couple of them. Uh, Iki Ikwanu, yep. who is some, That's what I was going to ask gonna, you about. You're going to hear about a lot about him yep. because he's he, – if you – He's in the top 10, and maybe there are some who think he could even sneak in at number one overall. Offensive tackle. If the Broncos go tackle at nine, and Iquanu's on the board, he might be very hard to turn down at that point. And this guy, this is a, dare I say, a renaissance man up there. I mean, can you, can you, ima- can you imagine someone, uh, someone being, a, be, being an, a musical theater enthusiast? Yeah, who, me. Yeah, but well, no, but, but, but but my eligibility's out. I can't. A, I can't be a drafted. huge, a huge mountain of a man, and yet uh, this is a guy who played the league in a hundred, played a league, the lead in a uh, production of 101 Dalmatians, and he's very much into 
Disney musicals and all. Yeah, but how good I, is he? At the at the end of the day, he's terrific, I, I don't care about his resume. I don't care about what he likes. But here's the thing: the guy, the guy for his size is surprising. Is light on his feet. And there's another thing, kind of talk about. I think physically with some of these linemen, with Iquanu, with um, with Evan Neal out of Alabama, another one who's in conversation to be a number top pick. one, number one. Yeah, and a lot more and more buzz around the Jaguars going tackle number one. That's a, that's something that's bubbling up here at the combine. And the truth is, given where their emphasis is as a franchise, it's probably really smart because it does, because everything does start with what do you do to make Trevor Lawrence successful? If the Jaguars win, it's going to be because he's protected and because he's got good targets and because he's in because he is in a system that works for that that works for him. If Doug Peterson pulls that off, forget everything bad we said about him about the Eagles. Well, let me say this about Icky. This is what I gathered. I didn't hear anything that, you know, he'd run down to the, you know, downtown to go see Hamilton. It's great that he likes musical comedies. I'm a huge fan as well. But I heard he impressed because the way he talked, this guy just loves football and wants mm-hmm. to kick the crap out of people. Yeah. That's what I heard about the guy. But, he, but, he, but, he's, a, but he's smart. Like, right. sometimes those you know, guys. You know, you know who he's like? Bobby Massey. Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes those guys that just say I want to kind of kick butt and be aggressive, uh, they're not they they're not always the sharpest tools in the drawer, right? Yep. Well, Iquanu is an extremely sharp tool in the drawer. Okay. And so you're you're going to be able to throw a lot of concepts at him offensively, and I think he's going to I think he's going to he's going to execute them smoothly. I don't have I have no question that this is somebody that that will will take teaching, quickly apply it to his game. That's going to get him up to speed really quick. Okay, let's talk about another guy who did something today. Somebody videotaped it, and it went viral. Malik Willis, who is favored to be one of the top quarterbacks taken, stopped on the street at the Combine and helped somebody who looked like they were homeless. Mm -hmm. And it is all over social media. Yeah. Does that do anything for you in terms of evaluating him? Honestly, yes, it does. Me too. And can I tell you why it, it, it yeah. may makes a difference? I'm not going to name the name. I was told by somebody more than a few years ago, there was a guy who was drafted by the Broncos. And I'm not going to tell you the organization he's with, but I've known this guy for a long time. And he's not a guy who exaggerates. A prospect at the time who was actually drafted by the Broncos dropped his wallet in the hotel at the Combine. My friend, who I worked with for a long time, walked up to this guy, handed him his wallet. And the guy who lost his wallet, Mm -hmm. took the wallet, didn't even really give eye contact, said thank you and just walked away. No gratitude, nothing, nothing at all. And he said he was stunned by the lack of gratitude. The Broncos drafted this guy. Off air, I'll tell you who it is unless I've already told you this story. Um, And by the way, this guy has played since being drafted, Mm -hmm. knowing his personality, the way you do. And I do, I don't think you'd be overly surprised that this happened. Yeah. I've, I've said this phrase for years. You learn a lot about somebody's character when nobody is watching. 
Right. And Malik Willis, unless, you know, he had a mole sitting across the street with taking a video of him helping somebody who needed help. Yeah. He did something like nobody was watching that told you a lot about his character. I'll tell you, he had he may have had the best week of any of the quarterbacks here. And I'm not just talking that matters. But even before that came out today, uh, I've gathered that he interviewed very well. Good. And the, the that that the football IQ that he possesses is you want it's, that. It's quite high. Well, that's something that and, would and, impress and, Hackett and Peyton. That's uh-huh, what they and, want. Yeah, and of course, I'm in, as Hackett has said, the athleticism, the cherry on top. But I think with Willis, you may there may be a longer look by the Broncos taken at him because, because he has football intelligence, character, and yet and we talk like character, character for sure. Humility matters. And it look, it matters for a quarterback, right? character the quarterback what part of what makes uh the position so hard to fill is that it's not just about physical attributes if it was finding somebody something as simple as a guy who could just throw the ball well right. uh it would be it would be easy right but it's leadership why are we talking about carson wentz being pushed out from indianapolis it's not because he doesn't have a good arm right mm-hmm. because he's not a good leader neither is kirk cousins yeah, why? And that's why his name continues to percolate. And here's a, and here you have the Broncos sitting there at number nine, and uh, and they may kind of take a look here and say, "All right, we could bring in a quarterback who's got kind of the, the physical tool, the physical tools, and they can throw and they can throw the ball. They can do the 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 raw quarterback things. But if you're trying to build an organization," If you're trying to build a culture, I think you take a second look at 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 someone like a Malik Willis, who clearly possesses character, like a Sam Howell, who has the self awareness to know when and how he should have done better, and wants to learn from that, and comes in with a lot of humility. I think maybe you kind of it, it, maybe you kind of adjust your template a little bit. On, on what you're seeking, and this and this could have a huge impact on what the Broncos do in the draft this year. Coming up after the break, you've been at the Combine all week. Um, I know you have gathered a lot of information, a lot of stories, because you've been in St. Elmo's, and there are a lot of scouts there and a lot of executives. I'm going to put you to the test. I want you to tell us what you've learned that you didn't know before you got to Indianapolis. What kind of stuff do we have that we didn't know about, right? You know where I'm going with this, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. then... Also, NFL, NFLPA announced no more COVID protocols. What does that mean? Because I could tell you, selfishly, it means something to me. That's next.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us at You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have nearly 155 star reviews? No one has better service and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to mightyph.com. I'm going to lay out some absolute undisputed facts when it comes to the NFL combine. It's a pretty good way to evaluate players, correct? Yes. Pretty just, good. Just a, just a quick yes or no. Is that a, quick, is that a yes? yes? Yeah, pretty good. Okay. Yeah, pretty, good. pretty much most of the top personnel guys and coaches are out there along with the scouts. Is that correct? Correct. Although we see fewer coaches than we did, although almost all the Broncos coaching staff is here. Okay. With that, is it also fair to say, usually by 11 o'clock at night at St. Elmo's, not one person in that bar would pass a breathalyzer test? Uh, yeah, but actually at St. Elmo's is usually closing up about 11 or 1130. Okay. And so it's oh, you go over to Prime 47 Either about three way. blocks away. But yes, you got a lot or, of people. High velocity over at the JW. But a, yeah, a lot of people are not going to pass breathalyzer tests. So when people are drinking, yeah. they tend to talk. So. For all the people you've been around who've had too many drinks and you've had a few too, my friend, what do you know now that you didn't know before your plane touched down in Indianapolis? Well, I, I do. I know that uh, it's it's less. I don't expect Aaron Rodgers to come to Denver at all. I think that had been waning, but I really don't think that's happening. And I think in the short term, what the Broncos do at quarterback in the next three weeks it's probably going to underwhelm most fans, which is why I'm talking about the draft and even talking about uh, talking about next year's draft if it comes to that. It very much, I very much expect to see only a bridge here. Okay. Well, and, I'll, I'll give and, you the maybe, floor for this. And, and my, go ahead. I'll give you the floor for this. Keep going. What does that mean? Um. I think it. I think it could well be someone like uh, Mariota or Winston. And what is interesting, I mentioned Winston. Uh, the Broncos just hired a quality control coach who worked as a quality control coach and with the passing game in Tampa Bay for Jameis Winston's uh, first four seasons. Zach Grossi's his name. There's a connection there. So. So you think that we're not looking at a Garoppolo, we're not looking at a trade for him, not looking at a trade for Cousins, or trying no. to trade for anyone else. They're, yeah, yeah. they're going into the free agent bin, which isn't very deep. Yeah, now that being said, I think they're, the one trade possibility, if it comes to pass, and again, it's a question of whether they make him available, but there's a, there's a lot of discontent, it would appear, around Cleveland and Baker Mayfield. If they traded, I would not be surprised if that were a trade. But again, he's a one he's fifth year option. He's basically he would we're not we're talking about potentially one year to see on a quarterback. Okay, let me give you some background because I know somebody who's very close to Baker Mayfield. Let mm -hmm. me tell you about this conversation that I had. Did I tell you this already? No. Oh, no. okay. Well, it'll be fresh information for you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I had a conversation probably not even two months ago. 
somebody very, very close with Baker Mayfield. Let's leave it at that. And what was said, and there, there was a lot of talk that Baker Mayfield isn't happy there. This is what Baker Mayfield is not happy about. He's not happy that Kevin Stefanski, the head coach and the guy who calls the plays on offense, isn't collaborative enough. That's what he's upset about. What also was said to me was if Baker Mayfield doesn't get injured, he believes that a deal would have been done by now. I actually agree with that. We don't have don't, to agree with that. I'm telling you his fact. No, but yeah, but no, Mayfield shouldn't have played last year. He wasn't hurt. He was injured. Right. You know, it's one it's one thing to play hurt. Baker Mayfield was trying to play injured last year. Right. And as and as we saw when the Broncos faced the Browns, Case Keenum 100% is better than Baker Mayfield 60%. Right. They should have ridden Keenum and said and told Baker get healthy. Said Baker get healthy. Now that being said, the whole toughness thing, that's, you know, that's something that uh that Hackett uh, looks for. So you can see, I mean, if if he were available, I can see I, I can see why the Broncos may have some uh, interest. Well, they might have interest, but why in the world would the Browns trade him? Because that doesn't. Because I could tell it, you. Hold on, I could tell you yeah. definitively, the relationship between Stefanski and Mayfield is not fractured. It's it's not great, but it's not so bad where it's like. Aaron Rodgers and Goodenkist, where it's, I need to get the hell out of here. And I'm talking about the way it was last year. It has yeah. not even come close to that point. For Stefanski, it's about him not being collaborative enough. For Mayfield, who wants to have more input in the game plan, that's what the tension is about. Right. And, and, that's only, the, yeah. and only about. And that's, what, that's the kind of gap that can be bridged. And look, I agree. If I'm Cleveland... What are you finding that's better than, than Baker Mayfield? You're not right getting now? anything not. this year. You're not getting yeah. anything this year unless you're planning on being terrible with that terrific defense that you have. And there's no way you're only winning four games. And oh, by the way, Baker Mayfield already has a pattern of his career: one year excellent, the next year down. Okay, would it surprise anybody if he's healthy and he stays in Cleveland and he works things out with Stefanski and he does very well? It would surprise nobody. I think. Right. We've seen we've already two out of four years. We've seen that Baker Mayfield is a very good NFL quarterback. One, so we know we know and he's won a playoff game with Cleveland. We know he has outstanding QB in him. Right. He's just got to do it consistently. One more thing. We only have about a minute left. Uh, the NFL yeah. NFL PA announced they're suspending all COVID protocols. What did I think? Well, maybe we're going to go back in the locker room again. What are you hearing out there? That's what I am hearing too now. Great. Again, th- Great. there's there's a there's a pushback from J.C. Treader, who is the the president of the NFL PA. But player presidents only serve two year stints, and a lot of the rank and file of players actually want media back in the locker room. Good. You, and, and you know why? Why? Because sometimes it allows them to get their side of the story out in a way that not even on social media, because you know how sometimes guys want to say things, but they don't want to be attributed. Right. Right. But they, but right now when only team media can go into locker rooms, it's very kind of one sided and ultimately will be team friendly. There's a growing, there's a growing understanding that, you know, to, to make sure their voices are heard, that 
independent media is needed in the locker room. If mo- if a lot of players want it, the league definitely wants it because they love all the coverage. Right. They love all the volume of it to dominate the new the news cycle. I think I think we're going to see us back in the locker room this fall, able to do our jobs. That's That'd great. Be great. I'll give you another reason why the players should want the independent or all the media in there. It's mm-hmm. another way to build your brand. The more you're on our show, the more you're on television, the more you're quoted in the paper, you might get mm-hmm. an endorsement out of it. You might have something lined up for you after you retire. That stuff matters. It, it does. Re- it really, really, it really does. does. I'll give you a good example of that. Nate Jackson, who's on another station, Orlando Franklin. Uh, he's now with the San Francisco 49ers. He did so many interviews. There were enough program directors out there that said, boy, I think these guys could really do this. And, and from the beginning with me, when I first moved here, Nick Ferguson, terrific example. He got a lot of reps getting interviewed. Yep. And look at him now. Now he's hosting a show in town as well. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? The New York Times is on the hot seat, at least with Serena Williams and also Colorado Avalanche in action tonight, taking on the Arizona Coyotes. Is this a letdown spot? Maybe like the Nuggets had last night. Did you lose money last night? I did not bet on the Nuggets. Just in case you missed it, coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. Reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products, Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, the Colorado Avalanche on the road tonight, taking on the Arizona Coyotes at 7 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time. The Avs and the Yotes have gone to shootouts in two of their three meetings so far this season. Colorado lost the most recent one of those at home on February 1st. Is this a potential letdown game for the Avs like we saw from the Nuggets versus OKC last night, which you guys will get into in the next hour of the show? Yeah, I mean, I I would hope after the games they've played that it wouldn't be a letdown because like you mentioned, the last two games, uh, they have gone to shootouts. And I think, uh, I think guys, like when you look at any sport, for whatever reason, there's always a matchup that just it gives you trouble, and it shouldn't, right? That's what, what the Coyotes seem to be for the Avs. I mean, they're they are objectively a horrible team. They're 14, 35, and four. yet they play the yet 
they play like a cup contender against the Avs. It's amazing. The Avalanche are like the Dodgers. They can afford a letdown. They can afford a lot of letdowns. Right now, St. Louis is 14 points behind them. Mm-hmm. They can afford three or four letdowns in a row, and they will still have the best record in the Western Conference. They're fine. Win or lose, not worried. They're now, fine, but here's the thing. They they just stay on edge a little bit, right? I mean, because we've, we, we've seen, for example, what can happen when a team is too far out in front because that was Tampa Bay in 2019 which finished the year in first place in the Eastern Conference by a 21-point margin. And because they coasted to the end, they went that that was a huge part of the reason why they went down in the first round to Columbus. You've got to find ways, if you're Jared Bednar, to make sure that despite the fact that they're lapping the field right now, that you don't get on cruise control here as you get toward the playoffs. This is going to be a really interesting balance because you're, you're not you're going to want to make sure that guys get the rest they need to make to to not have to to not be overly spent before playoffs and things that matter, but you don't want guys to lose that edge. How do you, I, how does he do that? I agree with you, but I respectfully disagree with this point. You can't teach a, you can't teach a team anything when they're winning all the time. You can really teach them something when they are losing. You go out and lose to Phoenix, that is a bang-the-drub moment. Guys, wake up. You go out and beat Phoenix, you're supposed to beat Phoenix. You can't have it. Rarely do you have a teaching moment in a win. You're right. You don't want to go on a long slide. You don't want to get too comfortable. But every loss gives you an opportunity for a teaching moment. A slide might not be the worst thing, though. Like, because... they have not. The Avs have not lost consecutive games since Forever. early November. Forever. Right? Yeah. Early early November. It's been. It has literally been nearly four months since they lost consecutive games. They've always done a good job. They lose one, they get right back, right back on the horse. I'm just saying, like, if they have a, if they have a a, a, a streak of two or three losses in a row later this month, it might not be the worst thing to get everybody everybody back on point. Just in case you missed it, Serena Williams called out the New York Times after their print copy of an article about Serena Ventures, the tennis star's venture capital fund, featured a picture of her sister Venus, incorrectly captioned Serena Williams. Both of you guys have been in the media for a long time. Now, this is the New York Times, a very respected outlet. Uh, This is a big mistake. Have either of you, Mace, either in a piece that you've written or Eric, when you've been doing the news, have you made an error... uh, Maybe not of this magnitude, but something that you kind of kicked yourself for. I've never made an error. I don't think I, so. Ever. No, I'm, I'm sure there's something off the top of my head. Hey, Mace, I, I've said this to you in the past, that when I did my, when, when I was working on television, the worst time to have a show, the worst time to have, excuse me, a bad show was a Friday because I had to live with it the entire weekend and mm-hmm. I beat myself silly over small mistakes and it sits with me for like 24 hours i make tons of errors you know how i know i make tons of errors because you correct me all the time oh stop it and that happens at least four or five times a week i appreciate you keeping me on my toes it hurts my feeling i feel insecure and inadequate around you but uh but but you do point out when i do make mistakes and uh you you do it often 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Although I like how you said it hurts my feelings. It does. Not my feelings. My feeling. Singular. No, it hurts my feelings. Okay. No, but you said feeling, and I'm like, that's that's funny. I thought that was a, I thought uh, I thought that that made me laugh a little bit. No, a feeling is like when you're climbing a rope in gym class. That's no, a that's, feeling. Yeah, I, I thought that because I've heard the joke like someone saying, "Oh, it hurt my feeling, not feelings." I thought it was an I thought it was an intentional singular, and I thought it was no, funny. It was not. Like I okay, all right. Well, I was trying to I was trying to say, hey, you made a nice little joke there. <laughs> Apparently, Mace's made no mistakes. That's how he answered no. that, po- pointing the oh, finger at me. Oh. No, let's well, just I took it as Mace has phenomenal editors, and he just, that's, no, that's he, what he's saying. Do, you don't have an editor, do you? Do you have an editor? Uh, no, I Right, didn't. I didn't think I, you did. I've, I've made, yes. Yeah, so the thing, the, the magic part of the internet is that I can go back and, if I make a mistake, I can go back and quickly change it once I realize it. But I'll tell you, like, I had, a, I had an unfortunate typo yesterday. Oh, I saw that. It was on Twitter. Yes, it, yeah. I meant. No edit I, button I was on trying Twitter. To type Caleb Ellaby, the quarterback from Western Michigan, but mm-hmm. it came out Karen Ellaby. Right. Maybe but that's his that, sister. Yeah, I mean, and of course, people had fun with that. Like, oh, yeah, I'd like to speak to the manager, you know, being a Karen and all that. So, by the way, by the way, Serena looks nothing like Venus. I know that's nothing. I don't know how you confuse the two at this point. Nothing. They are they look nothing alike. Right. And oh, by the way, these are arguably the two most famous female athletes on the planet of yeah. the last twenty years. I don't know how you confuse the two of them. I think it's impossible. This is like when the Denver Post, remember a few years ago when they had a section on Coors Field and they showed a picture of Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. I do. You know what? Never trust the here. Here's the funny thing: never trust the news people to do sports work. But yeah. I always find it interesting in television when, like, when there's a big game or a big series or a Super Bowl, the news department totally wants to take over. And, I, and, I, and I've dealt with that a lot. They want to totally take over, like they're the experts, and we'll still give you two to three minutes of time, and we're going to take over. I mean, how many fan pieces can you really have? Please. You're sending out your full news anchor team. Let the, <laughs> let the sports guys do what we do. You do what you do. Cover city council and murders. <laughs> All right, that was Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. Kind of venting there. Uh, that was Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. Mandy got a fabulous stackable washer and dryer from Mountain High Appliance. She absolutely loves using it so much better than what she used to have. She also loved the customer service. And Mountain High Appliance, they treated her so well. She got a fair price. I could not highly recommend them enough. And I want to personally thank them for how they worked with Mandy. Man, everything that I talk about on the air, that's how they worked with her. You can find Mountain High Appliance in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break. If I built enough uh, excitement when I pause. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. So I'm, I'm going to put this right in your wheelhouse. Our friend, your co-worker on DNVR, Zach Stevens, put something out on Twitter about the Broncos quarterback board and how it has changed at the Combine. Has it? We'll talk about that next.